Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary Season 2 Episode 10 for Saturday the 3rd of October 2020. Coming up in this edition, it's the final episode of Season 2. I'll be bringing you up to date with my quarter four goals and my 2021 writing plans. I have BookBub news for Don't Tell Meg and Bound by Blood has reached 40,000 words and it's being placed on pause for now. Welcome to this week's show. Uh, I, this afternoon, am getting the keys to my storage unit. So it all kicks off today. All the boxes are piled up at the back of the lounge. The rooms are bare. The cupboards are all emptied. The migration from house to storage begins at three o'clock this afternoon. So let me bring you up to date with my writing because that has relevance to what I'm about to tell you. The writing has now stopped at 40,000 words because the, the migration starts, as I just said. So let me bring you up to date with my word count. On Saturday the 26th, I did 4,648 words. My wife was at work on that day, so it was a, an extended writing day. On Sunday, 1,675 words. It was 1,802 on Monday. On Tuesday, 1,759. On Wednesday, 1,776. On Thursday, 1,474. And in the past half hour, I just completed 4,896 words. That's one heck of a writing week. And I can tell you, I could do with a couple of days off from writing. So my total to date, now I don't want any laughter at the back when I tell you this because of this pinpoint precision with targeting. But my total words to date are 40,001 words. So I'm one word over my 40,000 word target. Now, no laughing, please, at that. But it just it's just the way it's fallen. But um, I did actually write a little bit because I was slightly under 40. And I thought, there's no way am I going under 40. So I did just write a little extra sentence in there to push it over the 40,000 words. So I'm going to pick up the story in Spain from Friday the 16th of October and I will be writing a chapter a day excluding Sundays but if I get packed up nice and early I don't think it's going to take us that long it might be famous last words but I don't think it's going to take that long to get everything into the storage unit so if I find that I have got time before we go to Spain the um, broadband is all still switched on it's not going off till after we've gone to Spain as it turns out um, I will do some unscheduled writing if, if I have time because I have a feeling I was saying to my mum last night I have a feeling that we're going to end up with the absolute bare minimum a place to sleep a place to sit a telly because there's one last move to the storage unit that just takes all those last things with us the things that we just need to survive and I have a feeling we're going to be left in a in a rather large house with lots of empty rooms uh, only one place to sit and very little to do and if that happens, then I shall do some extra writing. But at the moment, uh, in terms of my schedule, I know that if I roll up and start writing next on Friday the 16th of October, Bound by Blood will be finished as per my schedule. So the first draft, assuming that I don't write anything until the 16th of October, that first draft will be completed on Friday the 7th of November. That then gives me a week to do my edit on it and I could pass it off then to Judy Cordiner, who will get it on Sunday the 15th of November. It's due back from Julie on Thursday the 10th of December, and then it's released on Monday the 28th of December. Now, because of the tight turnaround between Julie's final edit and me pushing it live, which is just over two weeks, 
it will really only be the most dedicated beta readers, I guess, that feed back on that. So, uh, you know, obviously I'll have assembled a team. This will be the third book this current team of beta readers have worked on. So I'll know who my best beta readers are by then. And they're the ones who'll get the third book and they'll be asked to turn it around in record time. But to be honest with you, if you get the beta read, what, I don't know, 15th of December, you've still got a good week before Christmas hits, you know, before we're all completely distracted by Christmas. So one of the beta readers sent me feedback. They just read it overnight. So, you know, they're, they're very keen by that stage. I, I would expect them to be able to turn that around within a week. I don't think that's unreasonable. And then we're still clear of Christmas. So that feels great. I'm always, at the moment, I'm jittery about having those 5,000 word days. It wasn't quite 5,000 words. It didn't need to be quite 5,000 words a day. It was 4,896. And my other big writing day was 4,648. It doesn't have to be 5,000 words. That's you know roughly why I'm writing. Basically three chapters. But I'm always mindful too of the overall word count because I don't want to overshoot my word count by, by too much. A thousand here, a couple of thousand here, a couple of thousand there, plus or minus is fine. Uh, but generally I try to keep my eye firmly on that target of 75,000 words. I don't want book creep. So uh, that feels really good though. I'm, I'm always very pleased when I've, I've got those targets here. Uh, I've also finished the edits on Fall from Grace, which is the second book. Now, I got so excited by the end of that book. I really like the end of that story. Uh, it really builds quite nicely to the, to the ending. I, I got all excited and I actually had to finish the, the edits on, on Monday. So I just sat down and did six chapters on Monday, but it's such an easy read by that stage. Um, and I did some more chapters after recording the, the podcast last Friday. So that went off to Julie Cordoner on Monday. And now I know I got a book, um, you know, I got a book that I can release. There's nothing going to happen now that's going to stop that book getting released. Fall from Grace is now listed on pre-sale. And the release date for that book is 28 days after Trust Me Once. And that will be on Monday the 30th of November. So Trust Me Once is Monday the 2nd of November. And Fall from Grace will go on Monday the 30th of November. And as I say, it is now ready for release. And based on feedback that I've had from beta readers, what I am doing is making it extremely clear how these books fit into the overall sequence. Because although you could read these this trilogy without reading the first trilogy, to be honest with you, you're going to get much more from it. You're going to enjoy it a lot more if you've read the first trilogy first. So I am setting this up overall as a series. It'll be a series you know, it's going to be a series so far of Trilogy 1 and Trilogy 2. But um, there's just references in Trilogy 2, as I think there have to be, really, to what happened in Trilogy 1. You can't have the protagonist in some terrible situation and it not bring back something from the past. So although it doesn't depend on you having read Trilogy 1, of course, it's always enhanced by reading Trilogy 1. And I will make that very clear. It is already very clear in the, the blurb on the, the pre-sale listings pages, but also within the book, I will have a recommended reading order so that people don't launch into one of these books and think, hang on, I feel like I'm in the middle of something here. And I think that's something you've got to do in fairness to readers. So when we get to Spain, alongside picking up writing Bound by Blood from 40,000 words where I've left it today, I'm going to have to do quite intense work on this. So I'll have to start doing my first draft edit while I'm writing the rest of the book. So I will, I will at some point 
catch up with myself when I'm doing the, the first draft edits. And then I'll have to get the rest of the book written. And then I'll have to finish those first draft edits. But I'm, I'm really up against it now, particularly with this two weeks out while we, we, we do this, this move to Spain. No way of avoiding that. And I have done it before. It's just how it works. But those edits will be done in plenty of time to send that book to Julie Cordner. So Bound by Blood goes to Julie Cordner on the 15th of November, Sunday 15th of November. I hope it will be ready before then. And Julie will have it back to me for Thursday the 10th, released on Monday the 28th of December. So all these dates, I know I've, I've given you a mass of dates there, but it's very important for me to keep right on those targets, keep mindful of what I've got to do and make sure that I hit them all in time. Now, in other writing news this week, it was great fun on Wednesday evening. I gave a Zoom talk to Lancaster and Morecambe U3A Zoom Crime Club. Uh, that started at eight o'clock on Wednesday evening. And just in case you've not heard of U3A, it stands for University of the Third Age. And it's basically people whose children have flown the nest. So, in fact, I could join University of Third Age myself now because my kids have all just flown the nest. That's basically the, the criteria uh, for joining it. So it is uh, old, older people, I would guess you would say. So um, if you remember the, the kind of plot line with this one, somebody had obviously seen... Uh, left for dead in their Facebook feed, they'd bought it and the U3A had started this crime book club and they'd all read the book and so I'd said to the lady who who messaged me to say oh we've all enjoyed reading your book and they went for a walk through walk of looking at some of the locations in the book she said um, she, she just said this to me and I'd said well look I'd be delighted to give a talk to your group if you want very happy to do that and that's what this was and it was only an hour. Um, it's actually the first time I've done a Zoom presentation or, or you know, been part of a Zoom interaction when you've got this wall of faces on the screen in front of you. I've, I've tended to use Zoom as a teaching tool, one-to-one -to -one or one-to-two. Never, never had a kind of wall of faces staring back at me. So that was an interesting experience, but perfectly straightforward to do. Uh, but it was interesting seeing everybody there and muting the microphones and unmuting the microphones. And the hour was made up of a very short slide presentation that I'd made, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes of me just talking about the books I'd written, why I write, and then also explaining my connections with the Lancaster and Morecambe area, just really to give it some context. And then 40 minutes of Q&A afterwards. And um, one of the things I've always enjoyed about U3A when I did talks with them at the BBC is they're always very sparky. They always ask really interested and pertinent questions. And I got lots of really good questions during the session. So it, to be honest with you, it just flew by that hour, really enjoyed it. And of course, um, strategically, the reason that I really want to do this is that I, I've got my eye on that crime and thriller festival that's held in the big hotel, the Midland Hotel, right on the seafront in Morecambe. They didn't hold it this year uh, for funding reasons and also for COVID reasons, of course, but I'm hoping that they will hold that festival next year. I'd really like to, to get involved in that as a speaker. Uh, I, you know, and I've been before, obviously, as an attendee. I also know Sarah Hardy, um, who, who it's like a pincer movement, this. I'm hoping that the word will spread, hopefully the good word will, will spread, as a result of this local connection with U3A, and they'll get the word out that somebody's writing about Morecambe, and if you like that kind of thing, you know, try the book, hopefully. 
but also Sarah Hardy, who's done my blog tours before. Uh, Sarah also did some blogging on behalf of the gentleman who run that event. And I know that I've already agreed with Sarah that she'll put a good word in for me when they hold the next festival. So that's really my my end game with this, that I, I really just want to get that kind of reputation, uh, the knowledge locally that I'm writing crime books around Morecambe and Lancaster, and hopefully the interest to maybe invite me along uh, to that session but that's that's way ahead off yet we're almost a year away and we've got a long way to go with covid yet hopefully for it to be safe towards the end of next year for us to hold these in-person festivals another thing that i did this week was that i submitted don't tell meg to bookbub i submitted it on wednesday don't tell meg is currently wide and let's just build this up the tension a little bit did it get uh, accepted did it get rejected it got rejected and it got rejected pretty swiftly within 24 hours. I mean, you might have waited a little bit, guys, just to give me the indication that you were pondering it or had some difficulties, you know, knocking it back. But no, it was straight back within 24 hours. <laughs> uh, and no, thank you very much. So, um, you know, that's a bit frustrating. I mean, to be fair, Don't Tell Meg's had three or four book bubs. It, it's, its effectiveness has declined. I'm not making as much money from it. I'm fairly confident that if I get a book, but I'll make my money back and make some profit. But I think that is ever decreasing circles now with Don't Tell Meg. The money's still worth having, but it's not as good as it was when I first promoted that book. So I'm going to give Don't Tell Meg one more go, one more month, then the thrillers are going back into KDP Select. And when I get to my quarter four goals, I'll give you more detail about why I'm hanging back for another month before I place all my thrillers back into uh, Kindle Unlimited because there's a very good strategic reason for that. I want to recommend a an infographic that I spotted this week. Uh, because I do a podcast, I'm always getting pictures from people and because I've got a blog too, getting pictures from people saying, I think you might be interested in this, you might be interested in that. Would you present this to your listeners or your readers? And most of the time, I'm, I'm not the slightest bit interested. But this one caught my notice this week. It was from a service called proofreadingservices.com. And I just want to stress from the get-go that I'm not affiliated with them. I can't recommend them. I know nothing about them whatsoever or their services. So if when you look at the link that I'm going to send your way in the show notes, you start clicking and going down the rabbit hole, this is not a Paul Teague recommendation. I'm simply recommending that you take a look at the web link and the infographic because I don't know anything about them. But the infographic is titled 476 Ways to Avoid Saying Said. And it just happened to come to me at the right moment because I've been doing quite a lot of dialogue in this book and I have been contorting myself not to keep saying said. And I just thought, oh, that's very timely. So I opened up the link. Normally, I would just delete it out of hand. And actually, the infographic was fairly useful. I just thought, if I still had my picture board here, instead of a, a blank wall uh, where it used to be, then that's the sort of thing I might print out and just have to my side so I can refer to it when I'm struggling for words. And so with that said, I thought I'd recommend it to you because I thought you might find it useful. It's certainly worthy of a quick look to see whether it's a useful resource for you. Now, I won't read out the web link because it's quite a long one, but if you go to the show notes for season two, episode 10, you will find a direct web link to that infographic there. It's called 476 Ways to Avoid Saying Said. Also this week, MailerLite now allow you to sell digital products using their service. And as I said to you, MailerLite just gets better and better and better. I mean, they're all, we're almost in a position now with MailerLite when I think now, if, if you were asking me as a complete newbie, 
uh, as, as an author, do I need a website? I think I would now say to you, do you know what? Don't bother with all the strain of a WordPress website. Just use MailerLite as your email subscriber and use the free website tool that they give you. I honestly don't think that there's any much, really much point in doing anything else because as an author, you need to be able to show your books and, and preferably have a link to, to where you sell your books. You need definitely to be able to do that. It's great to have an about me page so that people can, can have a look at your mugshot and, and find out about you. It's good to have a contact page and it's great to have a an email subscription page. But you know what? You don't really need much beyond that. And I, I always built that because I could do it because I had the web skills to do that. But I'll be honest with you, in terms of my business, it's, it's not something that really matters. I think so long as you've got an author website and people can subscribe to your list and they can see your books and see your face, I honestly don't think there's an awful lot of point in doing much more than that until you're suddenly launched into the stratosphere because you're so successful as an author, in which case people will consume any content that you do. I, I just think that's a good kind of basic offering. So that's me diverging by the way but yeah I, I wouldn't recommend you learn wordpress and struggle with wordpress now i'd say just knock up a simple site using MailerLite and use their email subscription service now they've got this they shared a great blog post this week and the blog post is called how to sell digital products and downloads online plus ideas for your products and one of the products they suggest is selling ebooks uh, from amazon or other sources so i've put a link that's a really good blog post about selling digital products so i've put a link to that on the show notes for season two episode 10 and i have to tell you that it's the ideal accompaniment to my book how to create and sell digital products it really sets the scene for my book now, if you're one of these people who perhaps has been impacted in your day job through COVID and, and you're beginning to think actually maybe the future here ought to be digital. I mean, you're, you're certainly in the right place writing books and selling books online, but you might also consider, for instance, uh, you know, selling digital products and looking at affiliate work to improve your income. I mean, I have in the last month generated, I think it's about 175, 180 pounds in affiliate commissions just on vellum and those affiliate commissions are made via that simple blog post blog post how to use vellum on a pc and i explain how i do that in my book how to sell and create digital products so if you are thinking you know it's really time for me to ramp up what i'm doing as an author you know i've seen how precarious the day job is in an environment like this in covid and, and, and you, maybe you're just sort of reading, just you know, reading the future tea leaves and thinking this is something I need to do for for long term protection. Then do check out that blog post, uh, how to sell digital products and downloads online. If you're a MailerLite user, just check out their latest tutorial on how easy it is now to sell through MailerLite without having specific web skills. You don't need to build a WordPress site anymore, which is fantastic. And then if you think you might be interested in that, do check out my book, How to Create and Sell Digital Products, because I taught you through the whole process in that book. Okay, we'll take a short break in a moment or two. I just wanted to let you know and to draw your attention to the fact that I've got a listener question from Lee Wood this week. Lee is an author. He writes uh, thrillers, sort of crime books, 
uh, mainly thrillers, I think it's fair to describe them as Lee. And he asked me a question this week about how I managed to write 5,000 words in one day. Now, my answer to that question was about 20, 22 minutes long, I think it was. So I've put that in the feed separately and it's being published about an hour after I published this episode. So do make sure you check that out in your podcast feed where I'm explaining how I managed to write 5,000 words in one day. And Lee, uh, just a personal thank you from me, number one for the really kind comments about the podcast that you you tacked to the end of that question. But also, thank you very much for buying me three coffees via Buy Me A Coffee. I really appreciate you doing that. As a self-published author, you're already generating an income from creating and selling digital products. But did you know you could develop those skills and expand your digital empire using just a handful of simple techniques? Before I started self-publishing, I made my living creating and selling digital products, clocking up several six-figure launches in that time. In my book, How to Create and Sell Digital Products, which is available in ebook and paperback formats and listed wide, I share all the secrets behind creating a second sustainable income source, helping you to avoid all the pitfalls along the way. If you'd like to find out how to make money from membership products, training materials, and coaching sites, just head for bookstoread.com forward slash products and get started today. Let's move on to my quarter four 2020 goals. And I think the rest of the year really is pretty well set out for me. So I've got to publish Trust Me Once on November the 2nd, Fall from Grace November the 30th, Bound by Blood on December the 28th, and then the Times 3 box set on the 25th of January. And then notionally, the six book box set can follow in the February. And that preserves that 28 days at a time rapid release procedure that worked in a small way last year. Um, So I've got to do my last read of Trust Me Once in Spain. I've got to do my final edit of Fall from Grace in Spain. I've obviously got to finish off Bound by Blood and then do all the final edits in Spain as well. So I I think my work is cut out for me in between now and the end of the year. I also want to promote my 12-pack and 10-pack thriller box sets up to and over the Christmas period. And I'm actually timing this around the US presidential election because I've read and heard a lot about people on Facebook having problems with direct links to Amazon at the moment. And I think the general feeling is that Facebook's a little bit glitchy because of the presidential election and the scrutiny that Facebook is under to make sure that they play things fairly. So I was going to wait until about probably about the 9th or 10th of November before I put my books into Uh, They might well be in KDP Select before then, they probably will be, to be honest with you, but until I start to promote them on Facebook, I just want to be clear of the election in the US. Now, the other reason for that is, is that gives me one more opportunity to submit Don't Tell Meg to BookBub while it's wide. Um, because that would be, I think it's about um, beginning of November. It would be about the 1st of November, something like that, when I submit that. So if they knock it back as quickly as they did this time, that means I can delist it from wide listings and I can just have it ready for KDP Select, ready to start promoting via Facebook for about the 9th or 10th of November when we're clear of that election, that main election period. So I will be promoting the 12-pack and 10-pack 
box sets that have served me so well this year and I will start to build that up again from the beginning of November. I also want to, I've got two more goes at the grid uh, the grid, I can't remember when I could list it next, but I, got, I, and I worked out that I, I, I could list the, the grid or promote the grid via BookBub. I've got two opportunities in between now and about, I think it's the 10th of November. So I would, um, if you remember as well, BookBub won't list or promote The Secret Bunker in science fiction, and I don't want to promote it in horror. So although I will keep submitting it, to science fiction I suspect they aren't going to let me have it I will be persistent and just keep putting it in in science fiction and keep rejecting horror horror because I just don't want it in there it's right for the first one but it's not right for the subsequent two that's my, my problem with it and, and I, may, I may change my mind with that but you know how things are um, but primarily next I want to put the grid one in for a promo on bookbub in sci-fi because they do put that one in sci-fi I get two cracks at that and then I'm going to return my science fiction to KDP Select and I'm going to work at trying to get that sci-fi seven pack going uh, in at least even if it did half of what the thrillers did it would be really lucrative now I only had a half-hearted attempt at trying to get that work last time I was spending so much on the thrillers I really didn't sort of bear with it with the sci-fi seven pack so I, I, I still feel there's something to play with there so that's the sci-fi will go into Kindle Unlimited once I've had two cracks of the whip at the grid in bookbub and then I will do exactly what I've been doing for the thrillers which is try and find the audience and try and make money in Kindle Unlimited both from sales and from reads now the potentially controversial thing for me is that I want to experiment with my non-fiction in Kindle Unlimited. It makes some sales, but it doesn't really make many sales wide. The sales come in still via Amazon. And I've always said to you that I was committed to having my non-fiction listed wide, but I'm just wondering whether I'm missing a trick here. And as you'll know from listening to this podcast, if you've listened for any length of time, I just like to try stuff. I just want to give it a try. And some stuff works and some stuff doesn't. And we do more of what works and less of what doesn't. So I've never tried my non-fiction in Kindle Unlimited. So I'm going to give it a go. Now, my non-fiction is, is listed or unlisted, I should say, in wide already. It is actually... Uh, Amazon only but I haven't listed it in Kindle Unlimited just yet so I'm going to try a few promos cheaper promos uh, maybe try some cheaper advertising sites but I really just want to experiment with ways to fan the flames with my non-fiction and just see if I could up those sales a little bit more your books are always assets that they're not dated in any way so I can make money from them at any time I've just just up to me really to find out how best to make that money from those books so that's what I'm going to be working on too so all my books from the 9th or 10th of November are going to be listed in Kindle Unlimited and I'm going to be experimenting with trying to sell them in different ways. Now, my strategy with sci-fi and thrillers is going to have huge value box sets selling at 99 pence or cents and uh, making sure that I capitalize on the large number of page reads that that attracts. But with nonfiction, I'll be trying a variety of techniques. I really just want to see if there's any audience in nonfiction for page reads. I want to see if people actually read nonfiction in Kindle Unlimited. That's really what I'm trying to work out. I will continue to submit books to BookBub, whether they're listed wide or they're listed in Kindle Unlimited. And I caught a podcast, uh, one of Mark Dawson's podcasts a week or two ago with an English chap. Uh, I think he was former, former forces. 
And I think he writes uh, fantasy, a bit of all sorts, actually, a bit of cosy mystery as well. But he was saying that he'd never had, I, I think I'm correct in this, I'm sure he said that he'd never had an international book bub, but he submitted it for the others. And I can't remember what the others are. They're not sort of, basically, they're not in all territories, um, I think. And he said he'd had success in those, but not never had an international book bub. And that even the non-internationals uh, were lucrative for him. So I thought, well, that's interesting. I've, I've never really tried the others. So I might try those when my books are listed in Kindle Unlimited and see if it's easier to get one of those promos than it is to get an international promo. So, you know, really just, just you know, pushing out the boat and seeing what works and, and seeing if I can learn some new tricks with the marketing. Now, the other thing that I'm, I think I'm resolved to do, but it has some dependency, my 12th pack of thrillers now has over 700 reviews on it in the UK. 700 reviews. I'm sure it was only last week I was telling you that it was 600 and something, wasn't it? Uh, but it's over 700 reviews now, that that's that uh, 12 pack. Now, when it's in Kindle Unlimited, if I could do a week-long promo on that and Amazon will let me promo it at 99 pence. Remember, the book is so big, they, they won't let me list it at 99 pence and cents at the moment, which is not so good... It's not as attractive, I don't think, as a sales prospect. So if they will let me, when it's in Kindle Unlimited in a, in a countdown deal, list it for 99 pence for one week, I'm going to try submitting it to BookBub as a, as a paid deal. Now, they are extremely expensive. I'm sure last time I looked, it was over $1,000. But I think that when I'm in Kindle Unlimited with that many reviews, with a 4.5 star average, with that amazing value, submitted to a thriller reading list i th i think i think i can cover that with with page reads probably uh, so i am going to give that a try now normally i've bulked at that when i've when i've had to put the book bub on a credit card and then hope that i earn it back so i can pay the credit card off I'm not in that position. I'm in the fortunate position of having the cash in the bank to pay that book bub up front now clearly I don't want to be losing money on it, but when you're paying it with cash rather than taking a punt on a credit card payment, you're taking much less of a risk. I'm much more inclined to take that risk. It goes back to what I was saying to you a few minutes ago. I just want to try everything. I want to see what works and what doesn't. So I really want to give it a try. But because that 12 pack has done so well, there's never been a better book, never you know, a package to try at 99 pence and, and take a deep breath and pay $1,000 or whatever it is for. So I think I'm going to do that if BookBub will accept it. So that will come sometime in November when it's, when it's listed again in Kindle Unlimited. So those are my 2020 plans. It's just basically finish and publish the books that I've started and flog them, you know, make as many sales as I can. So I thought I'd give you an insight into my 2021 plans because I can, I know what I'm doing already in 2021, so I might as well share that with you. And I'm going to, in 2021, finish off my Morecambe Bay series. I'm going to write that third trilogy in my Morecambe Bay series. And that, that will, I say that will complete the series. You never say never. If somebody, if it ended up having a TV series or something like that, then I'm going to leave it in a way that I could write more stories. But I am going to resolve a, the key arc of the main character from book one to the end of book nine. I know what that arc is, but it doesn't stop me from writing further thrillers, including those characters. But there will be significant life change for that character. So it's a really great point to rest the series or it's a picking up point if I ever do decide to write more in the future where I can 
I can pick it up maybe a year later when everything's uh, changed for her and, and give it a new sort of vigour, um, you know, a new situation, new vigour, new job, that kind of thing. So my plan for next year is to write Morecambe Bay 7 between February and March and to release it on the 9th of August 2021. To write Morecambe Bay 8 in April and May and to release it on the 6th of September. I'm preserving that 28-day rapid release cycle, by the way. And to write Morecambe Bay 9 in June and July and release it on the 4th of October. Now, I've sent that schedule to Julie Cordner, who said that that's fine. There's plenty of time between me finishing the books and handing them to Julie. There's loads of time there and wriggle room to... To, for Julie to get it edited, you know, without, because I, uh, Julie likes to travel like I do. And I suspect that the minute it's safe and secure to travel again, Julie will be on a plane. To, we're all going to want to go on holidays and things like that. So I wanted to sort of get Julie booked in so that I know that I can get the edits done. But I also wanted to, this far out, create sufficient manoeuvrability for everybody around COVID and holidays and things like that. So I think that preserves that. You know, there's always a couple of months between me finishing the book and the book being released. And if push really came to shove, I can actually bump those release dates. So book one would be released on the 6th of September, book two on the 4th of October and book three on the 1st of November. I wouldn't mind doing that if if the schedules got pushed. But this initially is what I'm aiming for. And the reason for that is that when I do the release after the 4th of October, this is when I've got nine books in the pot, instead of releasing... The, the box set of those three books, that whole trilogy, on the 1st of November in 2021, I want to release the whole Morecambe Bay box set, three trilogies in one massive box set, in Kindle Unlimited, and I want to give it a huge push over Christmas and New Year, and I would like that series then to become my new 12-pack success. That's really what I'm aiming for, because I think that's a really... A tempting prospect at that stage to get the whole, the whole of a series in one big box set. Massive value, 99 pence, 99 cents. And obviously, I make my profit on the page reads and the sheer number of sales that I make. So that is my plan for 2021. And I've made that plan, giving myself January off to have a break before I write again. So I'll, I'll finish at the end of December and then I want to have January off. Uh, and, I, and you know, I say off, I never stop working, but I don't want to be up against it on word targets and things. And I've also assumed a much more relaxed writing pace. So I've basically given myself, if you think that each of those books will be 75,000 words, I'm giving myself a target of a very, very loose target of 10,000 words per week. That means that I write one chapter per day. That's an hour's work for me. And so it gives me loads and it means I'm writing six days a week. So six days a week, 1,600 to 700 words a day. That's 10,000 words a week. And then I can have a week off in every four and the words will get done and plenty of time to edit without me being up against it as I have been this year. So I'm bearing in mind the fact that we'll be in Spain for that first book. I don't want to be working too hard and be up against any hard deadlines in that time. But I do want to, while I'm in the zone, I'm, I know the characters and the plots, I'm holding it all in my head. I don't want to wait for a year before I start writing that series again. I really want to get straight back into it while it's all really fresh in my mind. And as I've said to you in previous weeks, I have actually had 
the concept for the story and a brilliant kind of ending or surprise right at the, in the last book, uh, which will shock everybody who started reading from book one. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like the, the the sort of scaffolding's up, really, and we just need to do the building within it. So Julie's got those dates. Julie's given me the nod and said, yeah, that's fine. You know, I don't know how, none of us know how 2021's going to pan out next. It always has the COVID-19 small print that if either of us gets COVID-19, and, uh, you know, we need to be out of things for a while. Of course, none of us can help that. But that's the plan for 2021 to write, to to uh, to uh, edit and to publish the last three books in the Morecambe Bay series and then to promote the heck out of that nine pack from the 1st of November 2021. That's going to be the shape of my year. So to conclude then this last episode of season two, I need to tell you about the future of this podcast. And I have to tell you that I don't have any plans to create a season three or to record any future podcast episodes at the moment. I feel that I've got enough on actually just getting out to Spain, getting settled, getting moved in, sorting everything out that we need to get sorted out there with the paperwork, which is going to take up much of my attention from when we get to Torrevieja to the end of the year. We're on the clock to, to get everything sorted out before the end of the year. But also just to make sure that the internet infrastructure is fine and everything like that. So I'm not going to make any commitments for a season three at the moment. I think we just need to get the measure of things. I need to make sure I hit my deadlines. And I also want to enjoy the Spanish air. You know, I don't want to go there and be working all the time. I want to be enjoying Spain and I want work to, to fit in with that sort of break and that experience. So we can go on day trips, go exploring and enjoy ourselves. So for now, I want to wish you all the best with your own writing. From me, Paul Teague, it's bye-bye from me, or should I say, hasta luego. You can check out the show notes and listen to the back catalogue episodes at paulteague.com forward slash podcast. If you've heard something that's helpful to you in your author business and you'd like to support the show, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Paul Teague. That's it for this week's show. Thanks very much for listening. And I hope you have a great week of writing. From me, Paul Teague, bye-bye for now. Mm -hmm.